so much of the complexity of humanity seems so simple when placed in the confines of the garden and, and seeing it through that context. So I realized, you know, as plants were making me feel good, I was thinking, why is that? And then again, it was because I was working on all the parts of myself, my mind, my body, and my spirit, mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness, tending to myself as a whole, just like I would do my plants, the leaf, the stem, and the roots, versus just looking at one part and affecting that. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. You guys were in such a fun series. It's called For the Love of Favorite pastimes. And our thought was, we were just sort of looking around and we were inspired by people who had taken their favorite hobby or their little side hustle or their craft. And they invested in it. They loved it so much that it became their main thing, right? Like they all did something else before they had like a different job and they were like, well, who says you can't garden full-time? Who says you can't make <laughs> pies out of the covers of books? I mean, they're all over, our, our guests are all over the place in terms of what their art is, what their craft is, but the stories are similar. There's just so much inspiration behind them. And I have absolutely enjoyed every single interview I've done for this series. So over the past few years, one area of the Instagram and TikTok world that we have seen explode in popularity is just this love for plants and gardening. And if you're like I used to be for sure, that just didn't register for me. That was never my genre that I was good at. I think I felt overwhelmed by it. And so I just thought, boy, this feels like a lot of work or just something that I'll be good at failing at, right? I used to be a plant murderer. And so that was just not a space that I would lean into. But as some of you know, because I will not stop talking about it, I'm the worst. I have started anew with plants and it started in the summer of 2020 when everything unraveled for, in my life. And my best friends gave me two little hanging plants. And that was the beginning of it for me. Like it was just so important to me to keep those plants alive. It was, it felt like a metaphor for my whole life. Like we are going to live, we are going to water. We are going to get sunlight. We are going to thrive. We're even God, we might even bloom. Right. And then those plants became two more and then two more and then two more. And, and then I'm now I'm a yard person. It's just growing in this like wonderful space for me. And so I mean, the jury's still a little out if I'm going to be a full-on plant mom, but I am trying and they do bring me a lot of life and a lot of joy. And so if you want to be a reformed plant parent or are giving plants or gardening a shot maybe for the first time, or you already love them, you already love them. This is the garden is your happy place, right? We have the best inspiration via our guest for this episode today, which is none other than Marcus Bridgewater, AKA Garden Marcus online to the show today. Marcus is insanely popular on Instagram and TikTok where he shares both technical and also inspirational talks about growing, growing your plants, growing into who you are meant to be. And so Marcus is a content creator. He's the CEO of his company called Choice Forward, which he'll tell us about. He offers workshops, presentations, life coaching, all kinds of stuff to basically empower people and strengthen communities. His outlook on life is 
so lovely. You know, like you're going to love him. Talking to Marcus is like sitting in like the warm sun. That's how it feels. He also has a new book coming out and it's called How to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself. And he talks about his journey through mental health and fitness and spiritual awareness, what it meant to go from absolutely no knowledge of plants at all to who he is now, nurturing both them and himself. Like he's funny, he's darling, he's smart, he's wise. I think Marcus is the type of leader and teacher that is helping to create the world that we are all hoping for, the one where we are flourishing and we are connected and we are growing and we are healthy. And I just find myself kind of basking in his glow. You are absolutely going to love Marcus. I can't wait for you to follow him online and on his socials so you can see the special brand of magic that I'm talking about, but you're about to pick up on it during this incredible interview with the darling, the wonderful Marcus Bridgewater. Marcus, welcome to the For the Love podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. (laughs) This is a big week for you. We were just talking about it. I'm so excited for you. Before we get into it, I've told my listeners a little bit about you already, filled them in on just kind of a little of your story. But for, for those of my community who are new to you, new to your work, could you kind of like high level for us who you are, where you are, and kind of like what it is that you do. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a plant enthusiast. I'd say I'm a member of the unofficial positive choice-making club going on (laughs) 10 years. I'm a former educator and administrator. I'm currently the CEO of Choice Forward and the personality behind Garden Marcus. I'm the author of How to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself. What I do is foster community by reminding people how we get there. And that's with each other, not through each other. And I aim to inspire and motivate wherever I go. Okay. That is a tight bio. Like you (laughs) workshop that into shape. (laughs) I just like, I'm taking notes right now. Like, listen to this. I tend to just ramble. That is, that's incredible. Before we get into all the incredible things that you do with plants and life and inspiration, when you say you were a former educator, can you talk a little bit more about that? What did that look like for you? I was a technical director I had a private preparatory, and I was also promoted to building supervisor and site administrator of the multi-million dollar facility that was the Performing Arts Center. I created the curriculum that taught the kids how to take the theater concepts from script, which is just the words, into the ideas of what they could see in their minds, into taking that to drawing on paper. And then all the way through how to construct it into a three-dimensional working set that you can paint and light and run sound and run a show. And how do you do that? And then how you take it apart and all of the facets of what it means to go from literally A to Z in thought to execution in terms of design and entertainment. That's so great. Like I can see the through lines of aesthetics and beauty and craft and structure. Like I can see the link between what you did and what you do, but for people who are like, Oh, 
awesome. Like he was like deep in the bag on, you know, education, but yet Jen has him on the podcast right now to talk about plants. Like, how did we get, how did you get from that place that you just described to where you are now? Oh man. Cause you, you took a hard left. You know, it's, it's quite the journey. So like, I'll say a couple things about it. So my love for nature came from growing up in the country and finding endless joy, exploring woods in my adopted grandmother's house, right? Like, so in that house, we had access to an incredible land. And then years later, so that starts off the appreciation for just nature in general. I was always kind of like, oh, let me just spend some time outside. Then years later, what got me into plants again was my oldest friend's mom owned a nursery and she gifted me plants as a housewarming gift. I got them home and I wound up killing more than half of them within a couple months. And many of which I still miss today. They were (laughs) a kind of exotic and healthy. I really don't cross anywhere because she's literally next level. You know, you talk about master gardener. She would be like the master of the masters. And so I was determined to keep the rest of them alive. And I did my best to learn about what I got wrong. And then a good friend of mine told me about discounted plants and department stores sometimes will sell their throwaway plants at a discount. I went around and I bought hundreds. And I I don't exaggerate when I say that. I literally bought hundreds for dirt cheap. And a lot of them were like on their last lifeline. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so I spent a lot of time working on them to bring them back to life. And that's truly what shaped this journey. So I wouldn't say, right, that it was as stark of a left turn as it was like a gradual steeping in that direction because I was moved here. I was invited to Texas to join that job as a technical director. And as I did that and and my hours increased and and the amount of things I was doing increased, the garden became this reprieve. And that reprieve actually re-energized me, making me better at what I was doing, meaning that I got more to do at what I was doing, which means I needed Uh more. Uh So it was just this like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. How did you learn? Because I mean, you're, friend's mom it's like she gave a diamond ring to a baby and um, <laughs> you didn't know what you're doing a, a thing of gems and and jewels like precious <laughs> totally. crystals yeah right mm-hmm. which like now you know probably at the time it might have been lost on you like if you didn't even know about it you're like what is all it over a fern? My head. i don't know all over my head so how did you learn because and we're going to get into this in a second but for a lot of people gardening plants keeping things, uh, this is, it can be daunting and overwhelming. And so if you were kind of starting at ground zero and then the next thing, you know, you're in department stores buying hundreds of like, like Charlie Brown plants, how did you figure out, how did you learn how to tend these the way that you do? Oh man. The word that comes to mind is practice and then followed up by experimenting and research, you know, practice, experimenting, research. And maybe not in that order, sometimes research first, right? (laughs) Research and practice. And then, hey, now that I got this, I'll experiment and try something else. Not to deter people from plant care, but taking care of plants can be really a kind of science in a way. It is is 
lots of levels of thought and, and things to consider, lots of variables that affect them. But the rewards are so cosmic that it makes all of that effort worth it. And, and really, when you stop to think about these things as uh, tidbits of information that are aiding your growth, it stops being as daunting because all of a sudden now it's an opportunity to learn in every moment. And that learning, if you start focusing on that learning, it becomes energizing. It makes it much easier to find solutions and to keep trying to see what it was you got wrong, how you can try it again. You don't mind the loss as much when you get something wrong because you know you've learned something from it that you can apply to the next plan. Mm. Ah, it's so true what you're saying. I have n- never been a person who tended to plants in a way that was useful to them in any way at all. <laughs> and I have many, many, many like plant and gardening and flower failures in my rearview mirror. But almost like two years ago, my life just sort of unraveled in a way that I was not expecting at all. I just, I lost my marriage and it was in the middle of the pandemic and just everything was just coming apart at the seams. I like couldn't find my way to the surface of the water. You know, I just was, that was so under, I was so at the bottom and two of my best friends, they came over and they did this porch project for me. They finished out my, my front porch. I live in an old house, like 1908. So it's this like classic old timey, old fashioned front porch and on it just to make it pretty. They hung two like beautiful hanging plants. Now they would tell you if they were sitting right here in this room with me, that it was largely in their minds, simply decorative and positively temporary. They're like, we, we just wanted to finish the look. So we thought, you know what, these will be here for two weeks and it'll be pretty for those two weeks. Like it's going to have an emotional impact. Well, I'll be as sure as I'm sitting here, they're like thriving and blooming. It's been almost two years. And there was this sense for me of like, like if I can pay attention to these plants, if I can keep these plants flourishing and well watered and pruned and turned to the sun if like, if I can keep them alive, I can keep myself alive. Right. Right. And there was Mm -hmm. a real correlation to it. Marcus, honestly, to this day, everybody in my community, they know about those two plants because I will not stop talking about them. Like I'm just still so enamored with my living plants that now I have a whole patio full of them. I'm like, amazing. it is science. And it's also a little magic. Like, and anybody can do it really like Absolutely. anybody can do it. And golly, the failures have fueled a lot. I've learned like, this is when you need to re repot. This is what you need to do to prune. I just, it's all learnable. And so I know for a ton of people, gardening is like, it's daunting. Right. And so just, it feels like pressure. So I'd love to hear how you were not a natural green thumb, but that you learned. I love your story so much. What were some of your very earliest favorite success stories? It's almost like kids, like you, you keep some of them alive and they're doing all right. You're like, look at me. I'm such a good plant parent. Like what were some of your favorite plants that right at the beginning of your sort of learning curve, you're like, Oh, I love these. I love how they look. I love how they feel. I've taken care of them. For me, it was pothos and sweet potato ivy. And for the longest time, I thought they were the same plant. 
I I didn't know the difference. And I thought that the vining of any plant meant that it was a similar plant. And so it's like, oh no, all kinds of plants vine. Again, that was my novice speaking. So one of the times getting both plants to propagate by cutting them and accidentally putting them in water and learning that they were growing roots and then finding out that this is actually a term, there's actually a term for this and it's called propagating, mind blown. And all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, you can like create more plants from the actual plant that's there, mind blown again. Mm -hmm. So those were some of my earliest success stories is getting a plant that had gotten really long and I had to cut it because of where it was and taking those cuttings and turning them into more plants so there was no waste at all. It was just like recycling growth. It was, that was probably some of my earliest joyful moments in the garden and like aha moment. So this is a part of your special brand of magic is that not only are you just a prolific and incredible gardener, obviously you've (laughs) turned this into, this is your whole deal. Like this is your whole deal now. It's your work. It's your job. It's your career. And it's, but it's also your love because obviously gardening is an enormous genre and there's people who are just frankly obsessed with Mm -hmm. plants and soil and pots and like, how's the word propagating? No. Did I get that right? (laughs) What'd you call? Yeah. Propagating. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. obviously, but also the thing that you bring, I think, to the conversation that's really special and different from some of your just colleagues, your compatriots in the space is that pretty early on, and you're alluding to it already, but you began to not just formulate and kind of observe, but also communicate the link between so many things in the garden and so many things in our souls, right? And in our bodies. Like, I would love to hear you talk for a minute about some of those earlier moments where you're doing whatever you're doing. You're pruning, you're watering, you're moving something, you're trying in a different sunlight. You are, you're uprooting it. Whatever the thing was that you were doing technically, that your your heart and mind started latching onto. For me, what happened was, as I was taking care of the plants and go back to that science part where it was like, oh my God, this is daunting. There's so many variables to consider. There are so many elements to consider. But then I realized as you consider all those parts of the plants and the variables and the effect of them, you can see a parallel between that and people. So for example, the parts of the plant are the roots versus the stem versus the leaf. And the variables would then be the soil, the water, the sunlight. Because these parts and variables interact with each other and affect the plant as a whole, again, the amount of of equations you can pull from that for a lot of people is just too much. The thing is, this is exactly like people. It's it's, It's exactly like people. So we have our mind, our body, our spirit. We're affected by community and environment and our inspirations. We all have varying parts of ourselves that come together, that make us who we are. So as I started to see this correlation, I was like, well, hold on. For me, science is the the study of life. It's humanity's culmination of the study of life. Most of that study has been done through experimenting. 
plants are a key part to life. So studying plants is like accessing a back door to life that we all have a key to. And we could just go to woods or plants near us at any moment and access this back door and learn about ourselves. So it was like, well, holy cow. When I start thinking about it that way, now this equation starts to have a translator in a way. And it was like, wow, so much of the complexity of humanity seems so simple when placed in the confines of the garden and, and seeing it through that context. So I realized, you know, as plants were making me feel good, I was thinking, why is that? And then again, it was because I was working on all the parts of myself, my mind, my body, and my spirit, mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness, tending to myself as a whole, just like I would do my plants, the leaf, the stem, and the roots versus just looking at one part and affecting that. And so because of that, and then when putting the plants together and seeing how an individual plant going through its own growth completely changes when put next to a different plant. It was like, well, that's community, buddy. Like that's, that's, that's us. Like we, we have that happen all the time. And so how many of us are even conscious that community is affecting us? And then you think about the soil, right? So it's like, Hey, what soil did I put in there? Was it filled with bark? Was it filled with cocoa fibers? Was it filled with too much nitrogen? What What is the soil compound? And when you think about that, it's like, okay, where are we living? Where we live matters because our environment truly matters to our growth. So all of those things came to put together a picture of growth that made it incredible every time I walked into the garden. Mm-hmm. It made me a better teacher. It made me a better yeah. friend, a better, a better person. Mm. I love listening to you talk like that. It's, I grew up in church and what it immediately makes me think of is like the, the garden has been available to humanity as a teacher from the jump. Like jump. this is, this has always been a class. <laughs> it's always been a classroom for us. If we are willing yeah. to sit inside of it and learn like in the Bible, I can't, I literally can't even catalog how many stories and analogies and metaphors are about the garden. Mm-hmm. and seeds, and mm-hmm. growth, and mm-hmm. soil, and sun, and rocky thorns. And it's it's always been there for us. And so I love thinking of it like this, that it's possible to think about gardening and planting, not as a task that takes up a lot of time and is too hard, but rather this is another opportunity, opportunity. for us to learn, like to connect. I'm of the belief that just everything that lives on the planet is connected. We give and take from one another and we learn mm-hmm. from one another and we support one another. We need each other. And so I love that I can come to you and not just learn about why my plants are root bound and what do I do, <laughs> but like, what could it mean for my wellness? What could it mean for me to prune? in my own life? What could it mean for me to look at the soil that I have planted myself in? And is it harming me or helping me? Like this to me is the sweet spot. This podcast today is sponsored by BetterHelp. Wellness can look a lot of different ways and so can the lack of wellness. Life is overwhelming and many of us might just be feeling a little or a lot of burnout. 
any of our roles in life actually can lead us to feel burned out, especially in May. Like I'm looking at you, teachers and moms, but also really everyone, because we all have life stuff. And this is just what happens in life. BetterHelp Online Therapy is a reminder to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life and how to get back to a better state of mind. I literally don't know how I would function without therapy. I have always met with my therapist online, and this is a huge part of my wellness routine. BetterHelp works because they make it affordable and easy for you to have access to a professional therapist on your own schedule, and you can talk to them from anywhere in as soon as 24 hours from now. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And guys, they even have chat functionality. So start prioritizing your mental health today. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And my podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash for the love. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Parents, we can all use a little help from our friends and parents of tweens and teens. If you know, you know, this is especially true because they're maniacs. God bless them. This particular age group has its own set of challenges and bumps and roadblocks to navigate. And it all just feels like a lot because it is. That's why I developed a me course to guide you through this season that's jam-packed with my greatest learnings over the years and practical, actionable steps forward. Okay, and I brought in a friend and shame-proof parenting expert, Mercedes Samudio for this course to help us do it all without shame because we know the feeling of parent shame is a real and debilitating thing. So we're gonna cover how to establish healthy communication, what to do about codependency, which may not be what you think it is, so much more. It's all in here. And I can tell you a lot of my personal stories of my successes and failures as a parent, having done this five times now. We've also packed this me course to the brim with so many resources to help you parent your kids in the healthiest, most connected, non-shaming way. And not just non-shaming for them, non-shaming for you. So if you have questions about parenting your growing kiddos, this is your course. When you register, you also get access to our private me course support community of beautiful humans just like you. We're doing limited time pricing for the parenting me course. You can save $20 with the code parenting20 at mecourse.org. We're also doing a bundle deal for all four of my current me courses for $138, which you guys is half off. That's the most incredible deal. The other three me courses are finances simplicity, and habits, okay? Your code is four course bundle, the number four, four course bundle at mecourse.org. That's mecourse.org. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to discover that you had something to say that people mm. wanted to hear because oh, I mean, you're just a dude living your life. And now all of a sudden you have this huge, everything you've got Marcus gardens. You've got this big online account. People are like, they're just coming around you. They're just clamoring around you and your energy and your expertise. Like, can you talk about that sort of trajectory going from essentially education <laughs> to being mm-hmm. 
an online plant influencer. It's just such a, it's a banana it's, oh, story. Man, you're, you're telling me it's a banana uh-huh. story. So to talk about that, right. I have to throw in the understanding of my company. And then I have to also mention Dana. So the company is choice forward and the company's mission is to empower people to work on their mind, body, and spirit so that we can foster stronger communities and healthier environments. And we started the company in 2018. Now, that is a lofty goal and a mission as a company. And the reason for the company truly came from the fact that when I was battling the squirrels in my garden, I needed help. I invited Dana to help me battle the squirrels. And while we were in the garden, Dana said several things that would change the trajectory of my life. One, hey, you know what? You make sense. I was like, wait, what? Make sense about what? Well, what you were just saying about tool versus vice is a really powerful thought process. And that makes sense. So I was like, oh, I have all kinds of those. And she's like, well, I'd love to hear them. And for the first time in many years, I went and dusted off all my old journals, my old notebooks, and went through them to pull out those tidbits of knowledge. That was one part. The other part was she said, you know what? You love your garden so much and you spend so much time here and you you just like all of those pictures you take, all of these things you talk about come from the garden. You should call yourself Garden Market. <laughs> and so I was she just like, threw that against the wall and you're like, all right, Dana. Sure. Why not? And and truth be told, I, I did not use much social media. I did not have a smartphone for um, <laughs> the majority of the last 10 years. I, I was like not capable of interacting <laughs> online well i didn't know what dm meant so i was that dude <laughs> I love it. grown man don't know what dm is and so she helped me change those things about the instagram so to say okay now move forward one of the students i'd had while i was teaching he became a friend and he had gone off to college he came back from college on a break i think he was in his junior year And he says, hey, you know what? You've got to put your essence on TikTok. And I said, wait, what? Why? And he was like, as a means of selling and like promoting choice forward, because I think a lot of people want to be empowered, but they don't have access to know that you exist and to know what you're sharing. So I was like, "Okay, that's great. But I don't see how it's going to be useful on a calendar app. But if you think, you know, putting this on a calendar app, he's like, what calendar app? TikTok's not a calendar app. And I'm completely oh shocked God. well you, how I'm what, what else could it be a um, calendar and, app and so oh come to find out it's not a, a calendar app at all no it isn't so between that time right like in that, that that short time it was like three days he i and dana sat down to think about what was possible and their suggestion was to do what I was already doing with them, which was just walk around the garden and be like, hey, guys, here's a thought. Right. And think about how this thought connects to these things. Woo! And they were like, well, you just do that. And so I did that. And here we sit today. And so the ride has been really epic because I've been really f- concentrated in the last 10 years on trying to share kindness, patience, positivity and do it in a way that was direct, deliberate, and without delusion. And I add that last part because there's a lot of people who want to think, who want things to just be happy. And I'm not one of those guys because I didn't have the luxury of having a happy life. But I, I refuse to let 
those hardships keep me from being positive and solution focused. And so sharing my thought process and, and finding out that others out there want that has been incredibly humbling and rewarding. And it's also energizing and with great power comes great responsibility. So there's this idea where, as I've felt the amount of people who sent me letters and thank you cards and, and, and so much love, I feel empowered to continue to do what I'm doing and, and be an even better version of myself and share that with the world so that we can all grow together. I love it so much. And then the next thing, you know, we're about to get into some nitty gritty plant questions, but the next thing, you know, you are writing a book, like life comes at you fast, man. Can you talk a little bit about your book? And of course, writer to writer, I'd love to hear how you found the writing process. Cause this is also a craft, but it is very different from the garden and just requires a different, a different discipline and a different type of energy. And so I'd love to hear like the brass tacks of what the writing process was like for you, but also tell us about your book and what you're hoping your readers are going to walk away with. I will tell you, I have never been taxed this way in my life. And, and I have worked 90 hour weeks consecutively for months at a time. And so I, I say that because truthfully, the writing process requires so much spirit involvement that the tax on the mind and the body is epic. And there is a kind of recovery process that is necessary that I didn't even realize was happening to me until we got to the point of turning it in. And I was like, oh my God, I'm breathing for the first time. I'm sleeping for the first time. I'm like, really like, and if, when I do this again, God willing, there's books to come in the future. I will know how to pace myself better because this being the first time I didn't realize how deep I dove and how long I spent submerged. Yeah. Right. It it was an incredible process and it's my first book. It's titled how to grow nurture your garden, nurture yourself. I'm so humbled and honored to share it with you all. Shout out to my publishing team at Harper one. How to Grow is a self-help book written through the lens of the garden. It goes through an introduction, mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness, and and a conclusion. So it's five parts. The book is a result of my lifetime of learning and figuring out how to grow through both positive and negative experiences. So I'm hoping that it encourages all those who engage with the material to engage with life and reach towards their fullest potential. I think that there is a lot to be said about how plants are always growing. And I think we can do better if we emulate the growth patterns around us, but human beings have a tendency to impede their growth more than focus on it. And so that's so much of what the book is about is how to grow, nurture your garden, nurture yourself, nurturing the parts of our experience that will be constructive to our well-being. So great. So happy for you. Like proud of you for that, that amount of labor. It's a certain amount of labor <laughs> Thank you. to wrangle all that onto a page, man. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It really means a lot to have you say that because 
poor Dana and my family, they had to deal with me as I was losing my mind so that yeah, I yeah. could share my spirit with all of you. Uh-huh, literally, so, they're like, uh, Marcus, <laughs> we don't even care about your book anymore. Like, we just want it to be over. That's how everybody in my life does when I'm writing a book. They're like, just be done. Like, just phone it in. I'm like, I know yeah, I'm insufferable. But it's like, seriously, it's like you put that work in, though, because you know that there's a chance it could be incredibly meaningful. So. And that that's, again, why I talk so much about community. There is nothing that is done that does not come with effects on your surroundings and on the space that you're dwelling. So be conscious of your community, love them, treat them with respect and your environment. Love it. Treat it with respect because those things support us. Mm. Okay, I want to do some rapid fires with you that are plant related. Now this one may be impossible. So you may just say, I can't, it's in the ground in my backyard. I'll just tell you about it. But if there's one near you, because for people not watching us on YouTube, you guys should pop over to YouTube and just see Marcus. And he's like in front of a wall of plants. Um, So (laughs) can you grab your favorite plant and tell us the variety and why you love it? Oh man. So no, I can't do that. Uh-huh, it's because, in the ground. I knew it. Well, it's not even that it's in the ground. It's that I have hundreds. Like, so it, it, it's like, if you see like in this oh, space, see. there's like yeah. 50, right? Yeah, that's and right. that's, that's literally in this big of a box and <laughs> in, in, they're everywhere. So I love them all for so many different reasons that I couldn't grab one. And if I was to try and pull, like I love them all for so many different reasons and at different times of year for different reasons, different times of day for different reasons. So it's like, what's the one that I like at this moment right now? Well, it just so happens that I can see myself in the screen and this is a silver sword philodendron. I just like silver sword philodendron. It's silver. Oh yeah, that's it's, pretty. So oh yeah. I, it's like I, I see it up there. Uh-huh. Like, Look at this. Look at your space. This is what your whole house looks like. Your whole yard, your whole everything, your every, every spot has a plant in it. Yep. It has come to my attention that I've made it so that there is no place I stand and look without (laughs) green. (laughs) Like, let me ask you a quick technical question because I have exactly two, I have six pots of plants that I am keeping alive. Seven. I have seven. Oh my God, I have eight. I have eight pots of plants that I'm keeping alive. Just those eight requires me every day. I, I, I've got to like deadhead. I've got to pluck. I've got to water. I, I inspect. I get up in the morning and I just inspect everything. I, it's my favorite thing to do. I've got my coffee, my hose, my little scissors. So for you, I, I'm just curious, like with as many plants as you have, how much time a day does it take just, just to like, just maintenance? Just maintenance, like maintaining what you have. So now at this point, and mind you, during the book process, right? So my transition from teacher to author and full-time CEO happened in January of 2021. And my plant increase inside the house went from 100 to 250. So wow. as you, as you oh can see, it's gosh. like, that's, that's like a double wow. and then a, and then a half, right. Uh-huh. A double and a half. So uh-huh. that's um, no joke. It, it went from roughly 30 minutes a day to now I'm at about an hour and 15 to an hour and a half. And that is sparse throughout the day. And that's just all kinds of tinkering that might be 
moving these propagations and then, oh, moving these seals or maybe that, you know, replanting the, uh, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> and I find that when it comes time to watering, I feel this swell inside me that is like, oh, I've got to do it. And that'll take like three and a half to four hours to water everything. And that's just inside. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Uh, but again, tickled. I let that be spaced out unless I'm going to go on a trip. And, and man, when you're going on those trips, man, those three and a half to four hours are epic. But otherwise, it's like that's spread out throughout the week. So it's like, ah, oh, you don't notice. You can't go anywhere. Nobody can manage your plant situation. Like no, you can't be gone longer than five days. I don't no, care where. I, I don't care what I, you want to do. The max is nine. The max is nine. <laughs> I know legit, it. I, it is true. I know it. And it's so crazy because it's like, I love my plants. I love them. And I'm like, oh man, I, I can't really go anywhere. Cause this is just, there's so much nuance to what I do that like there's, no way to expect anybody. I had a family friend come to try and water them and also my neighbors. And I felt so bad, like in like the first five minutes of explaining, I was like, ah, let's just go nowhere. Cause I've not covered anything. <laughs> we haven't even really started. Like, all right, <laughs> I, That's just the intro. Like <laughs> it's so true. And then you worry the whole time last summer and I'm doing it again this summer. I took a month, a whole month. I had a kid. My youngest was at camp. She was at camp for a month. And I'm like, I'm going to take a month and I'm just going to, I'm going to go to Maine. And I, I lived in Maine for a whole month. I called it me camp. Anyway, the, at the time that I still only had my two plants on the front porch hanging. And so um, a couple of my sons were home while I was gone. And we have all these like text threads where I am like, I'm texting them. I'm not asking them how they're doing. I'm not asking them if they if they're eating. I'm not asking if everybody's getting to work on time. I'm like, I need a picture of my plants. And I even told my boys, I'm like, the first person who sends me a, a cause I left strict instructions. The first person who gives, sends me a picture of my plants alive and beautiful, I'll buy you a tank of gas. Like I care about my plants. I wasn't even asking about my kids. I'm just like, I do work. If I come home to dead plants, I will bury you right next to them. Okay. So I understand what you're saying. All right. Okay. Off the top of your head. What is the easiest plant to take care of? And what's the hardest plant to take care of? I realize you could pick a million things here, but if you're, if the people are listening going, I am the worst, I need to start with the lowest hanging fruit and I want to challenge. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say pothos, snake plants and bromeliads are the easiest plants to care for. I'm going to say Diffenbacca. And philodendron are some of the hardest plants to take care of. But I'm going to give a caveat to that. Don't stay away from anything that calls to you. Learn what it needs and see if you can adapt because that's how you grow. So as hard as it is, get out there and try. Do you have a plant that has bested you? Oh, yeah. You yeah, do? I have, I have a many that have bested me. I mean, it depends on which way you see it. One plant bested me because its roots were stronger than my shovel. And I was the first oh. time I snapped a shovel and found myself no on my way. rear. Wow. Yep. What was it? It was an asparagus fern. And those okay. things root deep, dude. They yep. root really, really yep. deep. And I okay. snapped it and found okay, myself good. right Plant there on my tail. Mark is zero. <laughs> Plant one mark is zero. Mm -hmm. 
there are some plants that the aphids love so much and and for the life of me i can't get ladybugs or any of the aphid friends to come or the aphid competitors to come and like balance them out so one of those would be my strawberry plant like i've got a strawberry plant i'm waiting so hard for the strawberries to actually grow but it seems like there's constantly a problem with my strawberry so that would be what i would say I had a backyard garden for about six years that was all like producing. So it was peppers and tomatoes. And when I tell you the plant that bested me year after year after year, and I tried it all were my squash plants. Like they were so beautiful. Oh my God, come out. Their leaves are so big. And I'm like, look at, they're gorgeous. Next day I'd come out. They're flat to the ground from the squash pores. <laughs> The squash borers are my mortal enemies. I packed the stems. I did the whole, I, I excised it with All an exacto knife. I'm enough. just telling you, I finally just went, I, I surrender. I surrender, squash. I will buy you at the grocery store. That's where we're at. I just, I can't. Now, okra, no problems. My best friend, awesome. my best, my best friend. Okay. Awesome. Talking to plants, yes or no? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And here's my why, okay? All living things respond to vibration. Your voice is a collection of vibrations. And so this means your voice can be a valuable tool if you use it wisely. For all those who want to know more, they can look into my kindness, patience, positivity, philosophy. It's up and down the YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram and whatnot. So it's there and out there. But vibrations truly, truly matter. So be conscious of how you use your voice. Because if you're not using your voice with kindness, chances are you're not building community. Isn't that the craziest thing? The data on this is unambiguous. I mean, if anybody thinks you're just talking like woo-woo talk, you just need to go to the internet and look at it. it this is data-driven. You know how crazy it is to find out like all of these things I had been talking about because literally I found them to be true in life from my own personal experience now science is like hey buddy you are out i'm like no kidding i could i could show you case studies and now like science is there to be like oh man back them up back them up so i'm hoping that this means we'll see a tide change in the future but i'm also conscious we're up against the world and the world has its own roots right and the roots of the world have been established in anger, animosity, fear, destruction. And so when you think about the tree that exists, that is our world, that has those as its roots, where we have a heck of a task in front of us to create a new forest. That's good. And to reshape those trees, to fertilize the ground so the roots change. That's a heck of a task, but I think it's possible. Oh, God, I could talk about that forever. I really love that. And I there is something really profoundly important and fascinating about that sense of like vibration and what a living thing takes in through those. Like I have people tell me a lot because I just have this just in general sense of well-being in the world and being well-loved and I'm, I, I'm, I'm glass half full like you. I just have a positive nature about me. And people ask me about that a lot. I'm like, we kind of grew up sort of poor, honestly. So it wasn't like I grew up in affluence at all, but I grew up with parents who just constantly 
told us how great we were. Like we just had a nurturing home with words. The words in our home were encouraging. They were positive and they like were meant to lift uplift. And they, they literally shaped my soul. Like it shaped my entire worldview and way of thinking. And it does matter the way that we are talking, the words that we are saying, it matters to our plants. It matters to our partners. It matters to our kids. It matters to how you think. It matters to how we think. Mm -hmm. That's right. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you know that I'm literally always wearing Able. I've believed in this brand from day one. I will forever champion a fashion company that's not only devoted to chic, effortless style, but that also empowers women through opportunity and dignity. So I was thrilled to take my love of Able to the next level this spring and collaborate on a collection of dresses with sleeves and with pockets. Hello. As you might know, we love dresses with sleeves around here, and we also love dresses with pockets, and we especially love ones that are size inclusive and versatile enough to be worn a million ways for any occasion. You guys, it has been so fun to see this collab come to life. Plus, Abel has so many other amazing new apparel items, sandals, sneakers, handbags, jewelry, perfect for spring and summer. And how incredible that dressing the part with Abel is also doing so much good in our world. Head on over to ableclothing.com to check out my dress collection and all their amazing new arrivals. And then use my code Jen to save 15% off anything. So that's ableclothing.com and use the code Jen. Can you have too many plants? Like, is there a tipping point when you start to cross over to becoming a crazy plant person? Yes, I think. Which I believe you were there. I believe you were there. (laughs) You are the poster child. Oh Uh man, Um, you can have too many plants, and I think it's too many when you have more than what you can care for. If you're in a jungle like me, and the plants are thriving on their own and they're working together, then no, it's not too many plants. But if you've got so many plants and they're all decaying and it smells bad, you feel overwhelmed. You're like, oh, my God, I'm in this interview. But, oh, my God, I'm going to have to let you go, Jen, because I got to go water plants. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm really like, you know, I mean, if I'm stressed about plants, then yeah. you got a problem. If you're <laughs> like, um, I can't move around my house anymore because I've got so many plants. You probably got a problem, right? And nowhere and I, to sit. And nowhere to sit. I and I love jungles, indoor jungles. My jam. I'm all about it. But if you invite <laughs> ten people over and you've got to move your plants around so the people can sit down, probably got to rethink your plants. So what I've found, right, is that this is a great opportunity for community because if you love this plant so much that you wanted to get it but you can't hold it. Maybe your neighbor or maybe a close loved one. And guess what? Chances are you will want to go see them because you will want to go see the plant as well. So I would say maybe someone you don't like, you go give the plant to. So you guys develop a relationship and you have a reason to see them. Yeah. So I find myself giving lots of plants away now. I think I gave away nine of my philodendron gigantum propagations, which I'm really proud of because they were, it's a hard plant to propagate successfully and they've all thrived. It's an expensive plant. And so it's like, oh, this is amazing. 
I loved having them in the house, but I was like, there's no reason for me to have this many. It's holiday season gifts. And so, oh my gosh, that's so great. I made a tailored substrate for the soil. I got a special gosh. planter. And so wow. it's like, like, you know what I mean? When you consider like the, the value, right? There's a lot of value in each one of those plant gifts. And at some point in the future, I may link with a plant shop or an Etsy of some sort and like sell plants that have been hand curated by yours truly. I like that. The the love and thoughts that we are talking about right now. I talk to my plants and I'm very conscious in the roots and all those things. So yes, definitely talk to your plants and yes, share your plants if you have too many, because there's no reason to not get plants, but there is also no reason to have them and have them decline and have them cost you. They're an incredible tool. And and that tool can become a vice if we are not conscious. That's so perfect. I know at this point, you probably, obviously, you you curate your plants from all over, like some from seeds, some from cuts, some from here, some from there. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it's a vast library of plants, but if you had to pick what is your favorite like plant dealer? Like your go-to, like that's my guy. And I know that I can like, I'm going to get what I want when I go here. Okay. So truthfully, that would be my plant mom. And it's not even that I'm going to get what I want when I go there. I know that I'm going to be gifted something of incredible quality, something that she thought of me when she picked it. So it was with love. And also it's going to have already been vetted because right. Like she is a master of masters in her mastery. And so is my plant dad, which is her husband. Like, I mean, this guy spits off genomes. Like they literally, like they talk about plants in the species, like you would, if you were like a, a, a laboratory scientist inside with like the glass, like the massive glasses on and the lab coat. And it's like, so oh, great. Um, with us genus, the virus, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, like, oh, so many times I'm just like, I, I can't even keep up with the, oh. the syllables. So they are, are my go-to for, yes. for plants. That's perfect. Again, you probably have a whole tool shed worth of tools at this point. And they're all, they all matter and they all have a function. However, if you had to pick, like this is my, Number one, must have tool or gadget that makes gardening easier, quicker, more effective, whatever. The one you're like, I can't live without this one for sure. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. That's, That's like a asking really a cook, good one. what's your favorite kitchen tool? I'm like, oh, right. And Lord. it's like, I mean, and I'm like, uh-huh. I, a pot? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> um, something to cook with. I'm going to say my watering cans. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I like, course. like without the watering can, I can't be as precise and reach the plants that like of I have course. in the air the same way. Yeah. So like the watering can that's clear, that has a really long nozzle with the, like the tip at the end. So totally. like it's ergonomically functional. Those are my jam, man. I, 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 I go to that outside of that. I think the one that is the most uncommon that I is my go-to is the bamboo straw. To, to provide that extra aeration into the middle of the soil. Oh, okay. That I did not expect to hear. Do all plants need that? I'm not going to say that because every plant's different, uh-huh. you know? Do most I found plants that need most that, maybe? of my plants hmm. have, have responded well to it. 
And, you know, when you think about what happens to so many plants about the consolidation in the soil, right, after you water and you water and you, you start to notice after it dries out, it's really hard, There's, right? So that same thing has happened on the inside. But just that straw adding that little bit of airway in there provides some reprieve in the planters I've found. So, hmm, I got a couple of plants I'm thinking about right this minute that are just so dense. They've gotten so dense. I just, maybe that's what they need. Did you just get that on Amazon? Bamboo straws? That's another thing. I'll just search all over. I made a video on bamboo straws and I watched bamboo straws disappear and prices oh, go up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, it's a really <laughs> wild world to be in when you're like, oh man, I think we might actually have influence. Oh, shucks. I'm dying. Two last questions. Obviously gardening is relaxing. It can be. It's therapeutic. It's quiet. It's, I, I can see how that would be like a wind down activity. But when you're not doing that, what is the activity that you reach for? We're like, I am, I am going to relax. I'm going to unwind. I'm going to check my brain at the door. This is the thing that's going to like renew my reserves back to the top. Outside of gardening, I cook, I clean, and I create with music. And, and that's usually through piano or guitar. I write poetry and journal. Like those are the things I really do to focus on my rekindling and recharging. Ah, you're a creative on a lot of levels. Uh-huh. It's just inevitable. This is just going to be your work. You're just going to be a creator. Okay, Marcus, last question. Every guest on the show gets this question, and it's from a, a priest that I love. Her name is Barbara Brown Taylor. And and you can answer this however you want, man. The answers to this run the gamut from like earnest and like tender to like absurd and obnoxious. And so we'll take anything. Her questions, what is saving your life right now? I would say it's the the wholesome root metaphor because it keeps me focused on making productive choices and keeps me focused on uh, leaving a positive impact. The idea is that we need to plant seeds of love, kindness, patience, and positivity so that we can grow wholesome roots that will yield trees of prosperity, which will then yield fruits of success that we can all enjoy. And I think that if we are more conscious of those seeds, we can live in a future that has a forest of prosperity from us for us to all enjoy. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. Before we sign off here, can you tell my listeners where to find you and especially where to find your book? Okay. You can find me on the internet. You can check out choiceforward.com. You can check out gardenmarcus.com. Twitter and TikTok are at gardenmarcus. Instagram is garden underscore Marcus. The book there are links in my bio and on all of those websites. You can also Google How to Grow by Marcus Bridgewater, and you will see uh, Nurture Garden, Nurture Yourself there as the tagline. I'm thankful to everybody who decides to engage with the book. I am so like just delighted to know you and to meet you and to learn from you. I'm so happy to bring you to my community 
And you're just, I really love, I love the dream of growing that new garden for us, for our kids, for their kids. I think it's possible too. I really do. And so I think this is the work of it right here. Like it's these kind of conversations just one by one and share by share and, and it's inspiring. And so thank you for teaching us how to garden. Thank you for teaching us how to live all intertwined for sure. Thank you so, so much for having me. And I look forward to the next time. Me too, Marcus. Thank you. Isn't he great? Just so great. I I know I say this a lot, but I'd love for you to pop over and watch our interview over on YouTube because he's so fun to look at. He's so like his countenance, his smile, his body language to say nothing of all the plants behind him. Like if you want a visual of what Marcus does well, like go to YouTube and take a gander, but I'm so excited for him. You can get everything about this interview over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab. We'll have the show notes. We'll have links over to the YouTube interview. We'll have links to all of Marcus's handles and book, everything you'd ever want to know. Even if it starts for you with one little plant, just the one, just the one that you can practice with and learn on and find success in and actually learn to love. That's a good starting place. And so I hope you loved Marcus. I sure did. And I hope you love this series, this series I am finding inspirational and, and just, it's got joy in it. And I felt like we needed some joy right now. It's just time. Life has been hard and it's and heavy and it's just wonderful to talk to people who just decided that their craft or their art, their hobby, their pastime, their little passion was enough, good enough and important enough to be centered in their life. It was worthy of their investment. It was worthy of their time. And here we get to sit and learn from them. It's so wonderful. And you know what? Same for you. Why not you? Why not you? Why not me? So if you've missed any of the episodes in the favorite pastime series, go back and pick them up because they're great. By the way, never miss an episode. Just subscribe, subscribe to the show. They'll show up in your little phone every single week because we love to create them for you. We, you have a new episode from the For the Love Show every single week of your life because we are so committed to this community and to this place and to all of our incredible guests. So thank you for being loyal. Thank you for being here. Laura and Amanda and I and our team loves to serve you. All right, you guys have a great week and I'll see you next time.